Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Cognitori. And on today's episode, we have special guest Jerry Nagobi, former collegiate athlete at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and huge partner in the Shooting Touch Fellowship of Uganda. Let's get right into it, fellas. Jerry, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. You know, Q's a... A long-time brother of mine. We go way back, so um, I've definitely heard about the Elite Team podcast. I've been a long-time listener ever since the first episode, so I'm, I'm glad to be on. Hell yeah. Q, tell us about your boy. Yeah, so me and Jerry, we go way back. Um, I remember when he was a freshman at Whitewater when I was a, a senior. And, you know, it was fun because, you know, he came from an area that was not too far from Whitewater. You know, Coach... Miller, he spoke very highly of him. And it was just one of those, you know, situations where, you know, you felt like you were the vet and then you got the rookie coming in. You just wanted to, you know, teach him the, the ropes and, you know, get him accustomed to the, the system, you know, let him, you know, kind of learn under your wing as you, you know, are already used to it. You're four years in. And, you know, Jerry was one of those, you know, kids that not only was, you know, a hard worker, but he was a sponge. You know, he, he learned a lot. You know, as a freshman, everyone's going to make mistakes. You know, it's going to be a, a tough transition from the high school, you know, I guess high school situation, you know, being the star on your team to being the, you know, a guy that, that doesn't play as much. And, you know, he, he took that role never for granted. You know, he always worked. He always had a positive attitude. You know, he was uh, the spirit between the team. He always kept us, you know, motivated. So, it was fun being a part of the, the organization with him, and it was fun watching him grow throughout the years. And I just only had one wish. I tried to get him a national championship, but I was uh, unsuccessful with that. You know, we got bounced out the first round that my senior year, which was very unfortunate. But life goes on, and, you know, you, you cherish those moments. I think we had the best record conference record in school history. So, you know, we, we, we made some some history, but we didn't you know, get the the end goal that we wanted. You still hold that against him, Jerry? No, nah, man. Hey, I was on the team too, so that was that was part of my fault, man. That was that's March Madness. That was my first time ever being a part of March Madness. And I felt like, whoa, that was that was one of the worst days of my life. So <laughs> um yeah, man, it was it was definitely good to uh you know, just to be around Q. I mean, when I first got to Whitewater, um I had never really been around like a winning program. Um, and, you know, funny enough, Miller, uh, Pat Miller, our head coach at Whitewater, his younger brother was my head coach in high school. So I had known um, the program. I had been familiar with the program since a real young age. But, you know, when I got around Q, um, and this was the year, I actually just listened to your guys' podcast with Duncan. This is that following year after he makes that, uh, that game-winning shot that's all over Sports Center. And, um, you know, like I said, I was just a sponge, like, I had never been around a team full of guys who took the game that serious, who were, you know, we're in open gyms. They're, you're not just running around in open gym. Like, you got you to gotta run here, set this screen. You have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and then off the court, like, I'm like, man, this dude Q is what makes him this good. Um, you know, I, I ended up, I wasn't even staying in the dorm. I just sleep on his couch just to 
just see how somebody like that becomes so good, like how he takes care of his body, how much of the game he watches. Even when he played 2K, he's tactical about how he plays 2K. Like, so, you you know, you learn why somebody is successful. So, um, yeah, that was that was definitely a year that I will never forget in my life, and I learned a lot. Very cool. Very cool. And it's sweet to see that you guys' relationship is still going on, going strong. Usually those guys you meet in college, those are the guys you're probably carrying your casket one day. You know what I'm saying? So that's, <laughs> the, sure. that's the way to do it. I'm glad you guys are brothers for life. That's what's up. So, Jerry, we brought you on the show because we know you're an avid basketball fan, particularly, particularly the NBA. And ESPN just released the top 100 players. And I don't know if you got a chance to check that out, if Q sent it to you or not. But otherwise, I'll, I'll give you a rundown. And there's some things in here that me and Q think are discrepancies. And we want to hear your opinion. So running over the top 10, we have um, right off the bat, we've got LeBron James, number one, AD, number two, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi, KD, Dame, Curry, Harden, and Joker, Jokic. What do you think of that? Um, you know, it, it, it kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. But, you know, I think with these top 10 lists, everybody kind of has their own, their view. Um, I would say LeBron is definitely the best player in the NBA. Um, and I think I think that Anthony Davis at number two is correct as well. Um, Hot take. You know, and there's debate. There's debate. That's the beautiful thing about, you know, what we're doing right now. Um, I think that the, the the rest are kind of jumbled up. It's kind of preference of where you would like. I would like to see Giannis actually expand his game. Um, you know, even being Wisconsin guys, you know, you, you at the bottom of your heart, you root for him. Um, but also just being a basketball player, you're like, all right, when you get into the postseason, and especially with the NBA, they know what you're going to do. Um, so in the offseason, what are you doing to expand your game? Because at some point that, is going to have to show on the biggest stage. So um, he hasn't done that. So are we going to rely on just the the Euro, the long Euro step dunks from the three-point line? Um, or are we going to expand our game a little bit more, Giannis? So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and even even looking at Luka, um, I must be honest, I'm a believer in Luka. Um, I love the way how he breaks the game down. He never makes the right – I mean, he never makes the wrong play. Um, I'm fine with Luca being where he is. Um, I would, I would argue that maybe give Luca a year or two, he might even be a little bit more offensively advanced than Giannis, just because he makes the right play. Um, and you know, I'm I'm a Kawhi guy. You know, um, Q kind of opened my eyes to how good Kawhi Leonard is. But I think the one flaw in his game is that he's not your 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 offensive starter. So I think when he was in Toronto, they did a really good job of you know having Van Fleet having Lowry and even having Siakam as like viable offensive options that can close games and obviously Kawhi was that number one option but you had to respect the other guys in 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 LA he is essentially he brings the ball up he's making the decisions and when Kawhi is the decision maker for everybody I think that's kind of where he stumbles a bit not that he's terrible at it it's just not his go-to yeah I, I like what you're saying I like what you're saying I still I mean for me, when I'm looking at that top 10, one, obviously, yes, clear, cut, and dry, yeah. Braun. Two, I cannot see AD above Giannis. I can't see AD above 
part of me wants to even say Harden and Curry or Kawhi, but then more importantly, KD. And I know yeah, KD's yeah, yeah. been hurt, but KD to me is still number two. You know what I and mean? I, that 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 went over my head a little bit. I know he's down the list. I mean, even though he tore his Achilles, Kevin Durant's game is not predicated on like speed. It's not like a Derrick Rose injury where his game was based on athleticism. If Kevin Durant gets to his spot, he's seven foot to where he just as long as he rises up, it's it's water. And he's a pure shooter. That's that's his game. He's a shooter. So um, I'm still banking on Kevin Durant being the same Kevin Durant. Um, so um, we'll see. And, and, you know, it's also recency bias. We just saw Anthony Davis do what he did. So I can get why oh, he's being put in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that part's crazy. And, and, and I like that other that statement you said about Luca being a little bit more offensively um, ahead of Giannis. I completely agree. I think that kid is just so natural and he makes he makes stuff look so easy. He, he, you know what he kind of reminds me of, too, is uh, Anthony Tucker. You know what I mean? He, he, can, he doesn't have to do things fast. He can do things in slow-mo and still do what he wants. It's crazy. I agree. Obviously, uh, you know, Tuck's game is very similar to a Luka. He plays at his own pace, and he, he excels at that. And as far as the, you know, top five list, I'm sorry, but I have to put Giannis at least at number four just because I don't – I mean, it's not that I don't respect his game. It's just I I can only see the same thing for so long. You know, it's like year one and two for Curry is not the same as year seven and eight. You know, Curry didn't come out splashing, you know, putting up 30 a game, become the MVP. Neither did Giannis. But Giannis's game from when he first got into the league is very similar to what it is now. He didn't really expand his jumper he's taking more jumpers because you know he's mvp caliber of course you're going to take it but he doesn't seem confident in the jump shot when he's taking it you know it it still looks a little very slow not as fluent and you know Kawhi jerry made a great point you know he it's different when he's the primary focal point you know if you got players around you that can make plays i mean he did he had lou williams which was coming off the bench he had Paul George, which was very, you know, inconsistent this season. And it's different when he was in Toronto. He didn't have to be that guy. He was also, quote-unquote, load management. So you, you take all that into play, and it's different. You, you look at it from a different point of view. I'm also riding with Kevin Durant's number two. His game isn't based off of speed, athleticism. He doesn't need that. He has IQ. He can shoot the ball. He can shoot over you. It's just a, a size mismatch. It's just a nightmare to guard. You know, you just can't really teach height, and then nor can you teach a pure score. Like he's just a bucket. I'm putting KD at number two. It doesn't even matter who's after him. <laughs> so I, I, I can see it like this. When I, in my mind, when I'm looking at this, I look at it like this. LeBron, I look at KD, I look at Kawhi, and then I'd probably bump Curry. Then I'd bring in Luca, and then Harden, and then you can just you can argue from there. You know what I'm saying? But I when I look yeah, at yeah. Or like I like Dame. I love Dame's game, but I still don't think he's. It, it, to me, it's laughable to put him ahead of Curry or Harden. Point blank. Period. When I look at it, and I, and I love Dame's game, but I mean, even though it, yeah. it, maybe because Curry was hurt, but Harden's still Harden. If there's any person who is mastered 
the NBA's game, the way that it's refed, it's hard. And he's like the Floyd Mayweather of the NBA right now. He knows how to he, – he goes to the line at will. He does whatever he wants. I mean, you could argue just defense. But nobody plays defense in the NBA, really. So what are we talking about? I mean, as far as offensive talent, it, it's crazy that they have him down at nine. It's an interesting take. You know, uh, I, I love Harden's game, especially, you know, Jerry and I both being a southpaw, both being left-handed. It's, it's so fun to watch how he is able to create his own shot in so many different ways. You know, the step-back jumper, you know, he's perfected that from all over the floor. The sidestep jumper, you know, the tween, 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 cross, tween, 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 cross step back dribble and then repeat the same cycle until there's four seconds on the shot clock. Is this something you can't teach as well? Like, yes, it's boring to watch, but then again, it's fascinating at the same time. You know, like I hate watching someone dribble in place for 10 to 18 seconds and then make a play. Me being a Spurs fan, I was always, you know, brought up watching passing, cutting ball movement, pick and roll screens, you know, things that you have to guard in action and in space. Is it fun to watch Harden do that? No, but is it fun to watch him break someone down to where they can't even stay in front of them and they're sliding, they're on one knee like Rubio? It's just interesting. You know, I love Harden's game. You know, he's he's one of my favorite players to actually watch. And it's it's tough. The top 10 is a really, you know, tight-knit group of players, and obviously they're – they're not all-stars, they're superstars for a reason. They're max players, you know, and obviously the Dame Curry comparison, you know, we we can talk about that all day, what we've seen Dame do when he gets hot, what we've seen Curry do when he gets hot, and it's like, it's very debatable, and it's all about preference. If you like, you know, pulling up from the logo, Dame and Curry are about hand-in-hand from where they shoot from, you know, then again, it's about passing I think Curry wins on the passing side but then again he also had better weapons you know he had a I mean you got way better team it's not even close way better team yeah he's had so many you know different great players around him as well and you know it's it's just fun seeing them grow even from the Mark Jackson era Jokic, Jokic he's a he's a good player too I see he's last on that top 10 list and he's you know that point forward they call it point center if we call it now like just being able to do everything his passing skills are phenomenal you know it's uh it's interesting seeing him being able to throw no look passes you don't see too many big men doing that nowadays so i admire his game he's fun to watch he's super fun to watch um another one that sticks out to me right off the bat and i'm just gonna slide back to 13 bam added a bio is he a top 15 player? Is he better than Joel Embiid? Um, I think for me personally, like Joel Embiid has a higher ceiling and he's, you look at him and you're like, you, you see there's a future that you see for him. Um, but um, there's always a but with Joel Embiid. Are you going to be in shape? Are you going to do what's necessary? Are you going to be a team leader? Are you actually going to take um the uh, like the regular season series are you going to take like how to be a top 10 player because you have that potential are you going to do what it takes to get there and i think um 
we're constantly frustrated with him and there's and I'm not saying that it's all his fault but they have failed um and when you look at Bam he does he just does you know how Miami runs their program it's militant it's it's you you do it or you're out of here all right and Bam has gotten that job done unfortunately he was injured during the finals but um you know I would obviously say that Joel Embiid has a higher ceiling than Bam but Bam has proven, and this is something that you'll see me say throughout this list, guys that have proven themselves. Bam has proven himself at the highest level. Has Joel Embiid done that yet? So until Joel Embiid shows us that he can do that, for right now, we're going to, I mean, we're still going to give him, it's the NBA. You give guys that grace period, you you know, they, you give them the chance to show them eventually, but there's going to be a time when that runs out. And and I, I hope that he, he shows us, um, but, you know, I, I I know some people that work in Philly too, and it's just like, what what are you gonna tell Joel a guy like Joel Embiid? It's, it's kind of like Harden, like a guy that makes that much money. Um, it's not college where 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 the coach kind of has reign on the program. If a coach talks bad and tells him to do X, Y, and Z, he doesn't have to listen to him because what, what are you gonna say? I'm Joel Embiid. I'm the franchise tag guy. So um, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but I I definitely love how. Bam just uh, just plays the game. I love how he he's a point forward, as we said with Jokic. Um, he's tough. He's you know he's fighting through injuries, playing in the final. So um, yeah, I mean Bam is is a little bit higher than Joel, but I think he's he's kind of he's kind of proved himself um, to to be that high. You know, yeah, I, I'll definitely give him that. He he's got more dog in him than Embiid. But to me, it's I mean they're not they're not it's not fair. It's not but it's like when though, like when yeah, is and it beats hurt. like when, like when yeah. you're always hurt, you're always out of shape. You, you there's always an excuse. You're eating burgers pregame, <laughs> um, watching Dragon Ball Z. Like like when, right? So like you're right, but it's like when. Yeah, no, I I love that take, man. I love that take. That's fire. Um, yeah, it, I mean you're right. Bam has earned it. Bam has earned it. Q, do you agree or do you disagree? What do you think? I think he's earned it. He um, he definitely has, you know, gotten better within the time frame that we watched him. I didn't think he was all that good initially when he was in college. I'm like, okay, he's an athletic big. You know, he's going to catch lobs, protect the basket. Now we're starting to see him bring the ball up and transition, make plays. He's he's a great passer for a big. It's It's a lot of different things that he's – grown into as he's been an NBA player and it's it's nice seeing him just progress and transition that way and normally you know I I have a take when when players come out of college I'm okay they're gonna do this when they get into the league and if he proves me wrong great you know I'm I'm happy for all the players I'd, I'd love to see them grow into have more abilities than what they had when they came in you know, that's, that shows you're working on your craft. That shows you're getting paid to do what you love and you're getting better at it, not just there because you made content with how well you were when you came out of college. And it's like, bam, he's starting to shoot the mid-range jumper. He's attacking, you know, bringing the ball up. The Heat are all for it. And it's, it's like, all right, well, he's gotten a lot better since he's been in the, the program. So obviously it's only up from here. He's not going to get worse. Unless injury happens, knock on wood. So, yeah, I mean, you give it to Bam. Well, then I also see here at 19, Zion Williamson. Is he better than Paul George, Bradley Beal, Cat, Spicy P, Kyrie? I mean, there's a lot of names here. CJ, 
Um, I mean, Trey Young, Ja. I, I mean, I think people would argue that Zion's not even better than Ja Morant. But to have him at 19, he didn't even play a full season last year. I mean, I think that's also part of the NBA. It's it's It maybe is a hopeful um, wish that he – he, he he realizes that potential, um, but I think that's what it is right there. He's obviously not better than those guys that you named, um, and I definitely would put John Morant ahead of him in the right now, but I think maybe, you know, ESPN's looking at it as, you know, in five years if Zion actually realizes what we think he can be and he stays healthy and, you know, he keeps his body light and tight and he, you know, he develops his game, maybe he can, you know, uh, um, I don't doubt that he can he can be in that upper echelon, but um, for as of right now, I, I don't believe that, but you know, it's a, it's a projective look. That's what I, that's what I see. I could see him being a Charles Barkley 2.0, but right now, right <laughs> now, there's no way he, there's no way he'd be chosen for a single season over any of those guys I listed. You know what I mean? If you're going to, you need to win right now. Yeah. Not, I just don't see him. What do you think, Q? I'm not a fan of them putting him. Um, number 19, it's, it's just too high for someone who hasn't really played that much or accomplished as much as he can, or maybe will. I, it's so many players above 19 that are, you know, already accomplished like Paul George. One, one example, I'm obviously Paul George is basically, you can call him a vet at this point. He's earned his his way. He just signed a max extension. You telling me Zion is better than him based off of the fact that just what he's done in the past, like Zion hasn't proved himself. There's no way he should be listed that high. And if we're basing it off of potential, all right, still. I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of that high ranking because I feel like he hasn't proved it. Yeah, he... He had his breakout game when he came back and hit scored some points in, you know, a short term of minutes. And then is is that all we're going off of, or or what? I mean, are you going to take him over uh, some of these other names too that I'm seeing here? Drew Holiday. Yes. You take him over Russell Westbrook. No. You can take him over no. Trey Young. Oh, that was sarcastic when I said yes just now. I'm not taking him over any of them yet. He has to prove it. That's, that's yep. the only thing, like, you know, I, I just want young guys to prove it and, you know, actually, you know, show show what they're worth when they're out there. And obviously, these rankings don't mean anything. It's not the end-all, be-all for, you know, any statistical purposes. But it's just I don't understand why he's placed so high over players who've already, you know, proved themselves and on are on multiple, you know, solid – eight-figure, nine-figure contracts. You know, it's like, what? I just, I don't get that part. It's not for me to get, obviously. They're they're not basing the rankings off of my opinion. But if it's worth anything, I don't think 19 is is the credible number. The biggest... Maybe, but... (laughs) The biggest one that sticks out to me is DeMar DeRozan at 82. 82. 82. You cannot tell me there's 81 players in the NBA better than DeMar DeRozan. You got got 
Demontis Sabonis ahead of him. Spencer yep. Dinwiddie. I'm a Spurs fan, and I'm you know I I'm gonna defend Demar. No, there's not 81 players better than him. I don't think he's you know like a top 25, but I think he's a top 50 guy. You know he he's always contributing. He he, I think he's like the point leader in Toronto history or something like that. And you know he's he's a vet. You know he's done well. He also chased off an intruder that broke into his house not too long ago. So you know he should pump up five spots just for that. I I just think this right off the bat, like Kyle Lowry, love Kyle Lowry. He's a really fun player to watch. And Kyle Lowry on this list is 30. I think Kyle Lowry will tell you that DeMar DeRozan is better than him. I really believe that. I think Kyle Lowry will say, DeMar is that deal. Point blank, period. He's a competitor. You know, I'm I'm, I'm happy that he had his time here in uh, San Antonio. And, you know, who knows how long we'll be able to to keep him. But, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to defend him. You know, he's better than a, an 82-ranked player, you know, and it's – I mean, it's tough. You know, I mean, we, we're just going off of rankings and, you know, what it is. They got P.J. Tucker ahead of him. I mean, if we're, we're, talking, we're talking shoe game collection, then, yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Turner, bro. Steven Adams. Hell no. No, you you no, can't no. you can't tell me that this is real. TJ Warren. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, with, with no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, the, the more the more names you say, the more frustrated we all get. So I think you know, with these lists, um, some guys don't look at them. Some guys like you know, maybe Draymond Green looks at it as as motivation. Um, I think everybody looks at these lists in a in a in a, in a different light. Yeah, you know, some of it. I wonder if it's popularity or if it's if it's something else. Because I mean, you see guys like, well, Lonzo Ball. You know, he's fifty four. That's pretty high. I and I like Lonzo's game. I think he's yeah. a great player, and I think he hasn't even reached what he's going to become. Because I think he's unfortunately had to deal with a lot of injuries whenever he kind of gets in a role, and and then it kind of has a setback. But I mean, I I feel like that's a pretty generous fifty four. You know what I mean? Especially with his play in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think he would say that too. Like, I think Lonzo yeah. would say, man, I got a lot to prove. But, Jerry, we really appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your takes on the top 100 list from the the ESPN top 100 list in the NBA. Um, we had a lot of fun BSing with you, man, and we'd love to have you back whenever you want to come back. For sure, man. I'm down. I'm always down, man. We got to get in the gym all together one day. Oh, it'll happen. That's that's easy. We can do that. That's easy. 